Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SP Nation Network, which apparently still covers college football, I think. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they do, but maybe not. Uh, joining me on the show wow. is... That's a spicier take than Brian Jude, Kelly versus the Jude, local media. <laughs> Jude, senior editor Jude Seymour and Chief Inspector Brendan McAlinden. I don't know. I just have you checked the SB Nation front page yet? I, I don't. I don't go there because I just assume that after they fired everybody from Let's, from Banner Society, that that it was just Ryan Nanny like shouting oh yeah, into I, the void or something. So yeah, secret base. They they were ha- very happy about them having a million subscribers on YouTube. Now that's the that's the lead story. Uh, that's been up there all day about uh, uh, dinosaurs. So we're we're awesome. good. We're cooking. With, we're cooking with gas here. Awesome. Speaking Come. of dinosaurs, that Notre Dame offense. Am I right? Okay. So we are here to to recap pod vent. Uh, preach. Uh, Watch the Clemson Ohio State uh, bloodletting in real time. And, and, yes, yes. Uh, I mean, you guys won't hear this until tomorrow after Clemson is absolutely taking Ohio State to the proverbial woodshed. But we're going to watch it uh, right now, starting with Clemson up seven nothing. So I assume by the time gonna, we're done, we're done uh, recording two hours from now. It'll be ha- about a halftime. Clemson will be up twenty eight nothing, maybe thirty five nothing. So we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, it's gonna make you feel better. Notre Dame uh, loses tonight, thirty-eight seventeen, or excuse me, thirty-eight fourteen, and the thirty-eight. I, hell, I, can't, Whoa, I can't even get the whoa, right score. Thirty-one fourteen. Thirty-one fourteen. Josh, Notre Dame this is the lowest point total. It's the lowest point total that Alabama has scored since the national championship game in two thousand eighteen. My man. Yeah. How many points did Alabama average this year in that tough SEC schedule? Forty-nine point forty-six billion. Oh, oh yeah. okay. I guess I guess Brendan's number's a little closer. Points a game. And uh they scored thirty one tonight. And it yeah, wasn't like they were point trying. total that they scored since uh Clemson boat raced them in twenty eight the twenty eighteen season. Yeah, because I saw Devontae Smith win the Heisman tonight and it was it was a thing it was amazing. He's amazing. He really is amazing. He's a good player. Holy shit is he amazing. Najee Harris, I actually I uh, I picked I Mac Jones preseason, so by any means, but I, I did not expect I did not expect this performance from Najee Harris. Holy shit, he's 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 every bit of an Alabama running back. You know what I mean? I picked uh, I picked Mac Jones preseason, so I'm still rolling with him. But uh, you can't deny what we saw today. I mean, Devonta Smith is 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 a, a serious dude, and I hope the New York Giants. <laughs> lose so they get a better draft pick and they uh they have a shot at somebody like like that dude because i would love to have him on on this boat so man i mean falling down on his butt almost took him out it's rough more junk he'll get there saquon will get him there we just need to we just need the giants to, to now make the playoffs oh there are so many ways to start this pot off besides uh trashing my employer so Um, but you went there, so let's do. So we'll stick with it. That is, it is what it is. Uh, I, I mean, okay, I guess uh, the same company pays uh, Roger Sherman. So whatever the fuck he's tweeting out, whatever. Oh, the um, ringer's part of our uh, terrible empire. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think I think Vox cuts those checks too. 
So I, uh, <laughs> he got blocked by me today. Just like I followed a, a Bridget Reynolds as a lead on Twitter and just went ahead and blocked Roger. Cause, uh, you know, there's just, there's certain people on the internet that just want to sit there and, uh, first of all, gaslight us about what we're, wa- what we're watching. And second of all, just, they're never going to have anything nice to say about another name. And, and it was Dan Rubenstein last week and it's Roger Sherman this week, apparently. You know so, who it wasn't this week? And, and per usual is Ryan Nanny. At least I, I don't care if you like actually the, the bear had the Chris uh, Falica, the bear had a couple of, uh, I had a nice tweet too. So I don't he's, care about him. he's, he's usually, uh, <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right. So no, no part of this game was great. Uh, but it obviously got off. It, I mean, it got off to an ominous start, right? Like, first of all, Notre Dame elects to receive, which I think most of us would rather them not have. But they're going to. And I, I think people probably make more. I, I think they make more of that an issue than than what needs to be. Right. Uh, but then what happened was, is that, you know, Bama just goes down seven plays, 79 yards just a little over two and a half minutes. And look, none of these plays, I, I, I guess I'd have to look to see what their longest play of the game was. Um, I think it was a Najee Harris 40, on that 53 yarder where he made Nick McLeod, where he made the leaped over Nick four, McLeod, a standing yeah, that Nick was, McLeod. That was incredible. Yeah, a standing six foot two Nick McLeod. And there was a 40 yarder from John Mechie, uh, which Probably, out of a play yeah. I saw coming. A mile I mean, as it was three seconds before it snapped. You're like, yep, I knew. So you, the, the guy, play was the same setup as the Devonta Smith touchdown. Yeah. It was. Yeah, you, yeah. Just, yeah. you knew that was happening. Yeah. But I mean, for, but there was no I. I it just felt this was a game that felt funny because Alabama absolutely handled Notre Dame. I yeah. thought for, I mean, for the most part, they just handled them. But it wasn't like it wasn't what we have come to know from either Alabama this season or from what the quote unquote Notre Dame big game letdowns. It just, none of it seemed to fall in those categories. It was a different game altogether. Yeah. It, it, I, I said before we, uh, before we started recording that we were going to like, you know, try to gradually go through the game. But I thought the, the, the biggest key of the entire game period was down 21, seven and kind of driving the interception, the Ian book interception. Cause you're only down just 21 seven at the yeah. time. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, I mean, so, I mean, there's lots of stuff in between there, but I thought of, of everything else. I mean, even at that point, people were like, Notre Dame's not going to win this game. And that was probably true, but there was still, what if they go down there and score? Your mind gets changed, right? Your mind gets changed in the games all the time. Notre Dame goes down and scores point game. Yeah. yeah. Suddenly it's, it's, it's a whole different feel. Uh, and I just thought this game felt different. Uh, I don't know. I it's we got to see Drew Pine in here. I mean, this is a yeah, we saw we inexplicably we saw Sebo Flemister take a take a carry. Uh, oh, don't even get started. That? How I'm, the hell? I'm, is that? Well, I'm sorry. I think uh, the reason hold on why if we're gonna hold start early. Hold on a second. I, I don't mean to interrupt, but Sean Crawford apparently is getting interviewed right now. And somebody literally asked him, what does Devonta Smith look like in person? Looks like a guy who's going to play on Sundays. And <laughs> Sean Crawford apparently answered uh, 6'1", 175. Good for him. 
<laughs> the, Notre Dame, the entire Notre Dame press conference is just so salty right now, and I'm here for that. So you know, which is why I stayed away. I, Brandon, I decided. Brandon, I decided back to your point. I apologize. I was not going to be involved in this because I didn't want to sit there and listen to the all these bullshit questions because I think I'd be just as salty as the rest of them. So I, fuck, fuck all these dumbass questions. I I think speaking about the game early on, Notre Dame started off the exact way that they start off every single big game. They started off slow. They let the opponent score early and then they got down into a big hole. This is how, this was my fear. This was everybody's fear. I think I wrote in my picks where like I took a, a, an optimist approach to it, but I wrote the pessimist intro where I was like, Notre Dame stalls out early and their first two drives at 11 plays for what? Uh, 36 yards. And Alabama just methodically, it looked like it was going, Alabama was going to pick a point total and that was how many points they were going to score. And I think the only reason why Alabama didn't do that is because Notre Dame had an eight minute drive, kind of one of their signature drives. (laughs) And I think if it wasn't for that 15 play 75 yard, eight minute drive, Alabama probably could have just picked a point total in this game could have looked absurd and to, I guess, kind of the chagrin or maybe not because Notre Dame lost because they adhered to the running as well. But because they played that ball control style, I think that kept the game closer early on, uh, which allowed the defense to recalibrate, maybe get a second kind of uh, halftime adjustment. Right. But Brendan, I'm going to push back a little bit because I, I just I, I saw a tweet early in the game and it said Notre Dame seems to be playing an offensive game plan that allows them to lose by 21 to 20, 21 yes. to 30 points, not three to 54 points. Like they weren't taking chances at all. And there was no, no. there was no sense in how the way that they were playing that they were ever going to win that game because they just they were playing the the bulk. I, I get what, what they wanted to do and the ball control thing sort of kind of worked. But fuck it. I mean, you're that's just you're just you're you're preventing. Well, this is what I, you're what I was talking the, about earlier. This they were playing the to lose by you're 17. Right. They were playing to lose no, by yes. 17. Yeah, exactly. And they got what they it got. It was what they I was talking about earlier this week. Where you, it, Notre Dame needed a symbiotic relationship between the offense and defense. They needed the offense to to make a play, not just a stop. They needed defense to make a play, you know, force some tur- a turnover or two. And I, I've been saying all along, Notre Dame is going to win this. They're going to have to be perfect in the red zone and plus two in turnovers. Well, they made it to the red zone three times and scored once. Or, or scored twi- or four times, scored twice. Anyways, it doesn't really matter. It was late. <laughs> late. But they just they could not, you know, not being able to force turnovers, not getting the sacks. It just the, Ian the Book running was, a draw play on third and eight, and then having to punt because you ha, you literally had no plan B for a two yard a two yard gain. I, I mean, just that's that's not. I mean, the whole thing could be. I don't know what that was. Notre Dame was literally going to punt the ball with three and a half minutes left to go and instead of going for out. it before they call a timeout. I like Kelly's calling for a punt. I that was like what how. If they would have punted it, I, I that—that that was all you. That was right all now. you needed to know about now. Just wanting to keep the score looking good, cosmetic. It was a cosmetically good win, right? Which is like, or a good yeah. loss. Which is that they didn't lose by twenty-seven again, so they they nip that old narrative in the bud. But at the same time, like 
there was no there was no plan here. There was no chance taking. And that's the thing is you I think the conservative look, whether it was us or the analytics guys or whoever on our side, like they got it. They got it. They got to be reckless. They don't have the guys. Javon McKinley and Benek Skoranek and Avery Davis were just there's they were not getting free. Book isn't a big risk taker. He, I mean, as much as he like plays free, and I know they love to show that North Carolina game off as like him cutting it loose. He's really not a cut loose guy. He's a play it safe guy. Yeah. That's why he doesn't turn the fucking ball over. So, but do you have when he's not taking the risk or not, you know, not trying to push the ball, and you got guys who just cannot break free off of these. Oh, by the way, guys are going to play in the NFL cornerbacks. It just everything around. It's just like a uh. Like you had to, you were gonna have to break off uh, nine, twelve, fifteen yard runs consistently, which you can't do when the team across the field from you is fucking elite at tackling. Like you, that's what it boiled down to. Notre Dame was playing in a box uh, offensively the entire game, and Alabama doesn't have to. So Ed. That's where you get that score from. Could Notre I mean, Dame have done more? I don't know. The, 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 the last the last play, you've got you've got your core three, right? You've got Avery Davis, Ben Skoranek, and um, and Javon McKinley, McKinley out there. I would have had Braden Lindsay, Jordan Johnson, and Chris Tyree out there. Like fuck it, just four verts go. You know, let's just beat a dude and throw the ball in the fucking end zone. I just. You know, I, I, there was no, it was just like, I don't know. The whole thing was creative. Yeah. It was uncreative and it it was frustrating. Like I knew what they wanted to do after the second drive. And even before Najee Harris jumped over Nick McLeod, I knew the game was over after that second drive when it was, it, it just seemed like when Ian book ran it for two yards on third and seven, that was all I kind of needed to know for what the staff thought that this game was going to go like. Because we talked about it. If you're, in the if you're not pod, willing to like, go for fourth down on that after you after you've gained two yards, like what are we even doing here? Like you're not going did, to I mean, win this you, game punting the fucking ball to Devonna Smith. You're not going to win this game having Jonathan Dora try a 51 yard field goal. Like I don't agree with the idea of throwing Kyle Hamilton out there on a hail mary play, but at the same time, I'm not opposed to throwing out a, a hail mary play. Instead of watching how Jonathan Dora, like, first, you know, do 47 well, yards of a 51 yard field goal. How easy did Alabama's first drive look? It looked absolutely seamless. And if you and were, how easy did their second drive look? But yeah, yeah. And how easy did their, in, in, but in, by the third drive, Notre Dame scored. But after that first drive, if you're Tommy Reese, you need to be watching what's going on in the field and you need to see the ease in which Alabama is scoring and adjust and don't just come out there on the second drive. And like, I'm, I'm okay with you running the football, but you can't decide to just throw it once on six plays and on third and seven, call a designed run for Ian book. Like, what are you doing? No, that was, you punted back and it's 14 to nothing in the first quarter. And that's it. It's over. It's gone. Cause, cause you then have to stop the Alabama offense twice and score both times in order just to tie the game. So when you get in a so hole like run that the football, Alabama, I, was gonna say, yeah. I just want to run the football. Yeah, uh, we are Sermon now tied 7-7. Yeah, uh, Trey Sermon's the only, a problem. The only thing that, 
The only thing that made me feel uh, good about Ohio State scoring there is that Skolowski missed his run fit. Yes. He fucking he looks terrible because he is terrible. <laughs> he's not a good God damn it! You have a great defensive coordinator and great players around you. You are not good at linebacking. Okay, uh, back to Ed. Uh, you know, random also thought from the, maybe the first quarter, and it, and it kind of ex- got went throughout the game too. Was Kyron Williams is used to like stiff arming guys into oblivion. Like he tried to stiff arm three times this game and every single time he got knocked down his ass backwards. I mean, these dudes are physical. Like uh, this is, I mean, if Kyron Williams is, is, you know, he, he said something after the game, like work begins tomorrow or whatever, which is like a cliche thing to, to say, but like Kyron Williams knows like, dude, there's, there's guys in here that I can't just, I can't out muscle or I can't whip around or whatever. Like there's real dudes in in this game that are going to blow me up. And I think that was, I think that's a learning experience. And and I said this last week, I think you've got to play this game because you've got to know what you're up against and you can't, you don't, you can't possibly feel what you're up against unless you play the dang game and they played the dang game and they realized, wow, all those deficiencies that we knew we had and, and a couple more, <laughs> there's still real problems and we haven't recruited those areas. Which is Brendan, how much do you think the loss of uh, Tommy Dremble early in the game affected the offense? Like, do you think that 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 helped? Contribute? I think it was a good thing. I actually think that it was a good thing. That's I think why. that it probably. So, so here's why I think it was probably a good thing: is the loss of Tommy Tremble took away, um, like the safety blanket that the offense had. That maybe they thought we could just keep running, and it it took a touchdown off the field because I don't think Tommy Tremble makes the mistake that Takis makes um, on that uh, procedural penalty with Tyree. But which is such a ticky tack bullshit penalty, by the way, and like is, that's just I mean, you're you're watching for guys to uh, whether they pick their hands off the ground. I mean, it's just this. So, this is so dumb for a game that, for a game that let them play because they did. Yeah. Let, they did let both teams play quite a bit in this game. I mean, yeah, until you, you don't have penalty, you don't have these like giant. Second half. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, and good on the ref. I mean, honestly, God, good on the refs. Uh, I mean, as long as it's. When it's called fairly without having like 50 flags in the fl- field the whole game, you know, when it's like this, when it's done fairly where you're letting them play, I'm cool with that. You know, even if something gets missed here or there, it's fine. It's, it's the one year's like eight penalties or 10 penalties per team. You know, that's like, what the fuck are we even doing here? Stop throwing the flag. But Josh, what was it, Tommy Tem- Trumbull going to bring to this football game when he went out? Like Tommy Trumbull was primarily used this season as a run blocker, almost as as a fullback, and taking that away from them maybe forced them to readjust their strategy to perhaps maybe uh, open up the playbook a little bit more and not try and run the ball power as much. Which, well, I don't think they did. They ran or passed to Kyron Williams like eight times out of nine plays at one point. I mean, it was just like, yeah. it was a healthy diet. Kyra Williams, Williams had eight receptions. He broke. For he broke. Kyron Williams was trying to play like Derrick Henry, who's six foot three with the, like Jude said, with the stiff arms, he's not six foot three. Uh, and he just, he was broken down. Maybe that's why Sebo got that first had, carry of the second half. Cause Kyron Williams had 48 yards in the first half. He ended up with 64 yards for the game. Yeah, the average four yards a carry, which which isn't terrible. Yeah, there was a lot of seven yard runs there. Yeah, he had one. He he made some hay. He had a fifth. He had a fifteen yard run. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, I mean, and, you know, a one yard touchdown run is going to the average. It's, it, I'm just saying he wasn't the only way he was really used in the second half was still in the passing game, which I mean, it was, it was Kyron Williams and Michael Mayer, you know, and then finally to, late, late in the game, they involved, you know, get Skoranek. Uh, I mean, Larry Keys of all games makes an appearance in this one. Gets himself a 20-yard reception. Which is funny because the stat guy said Ian Book complete to number 13. Like, he literally didn't have a hockey for for Lawrence Keys. You know, it's like everybody else gets their own little, uh, you know, their own little F6 button or whatever. But Lawrence Keys, like, had to be manually entered because he's just such an odd The offense just felt – the offense just felt disjointed. And look, I don't care if Alabama's defense is down this year from what they would normally be. There's still five-star fucking guys all over that yes. defense. Yeah. Give me a break. Or high, and very high four-stars. And great. Not just great. They're an elite tackling team. That's that's what I was saying. A lot of games this year, Notre Dame, like those stiff arms from Kyron or just being able to break a tackle, they could not break a fucking tackle in this game because it's not their fault. And it's not because they're not they're not uh, as big or as big or as strong as Alabama. It's because they're just about Alabama as an elite tackling team. They can tackle you regardless if the guy was bigger. I mean, it don't make a difference. They're an elite tackling team. So you couldn't get that extra oomph, you know, when you tried, I mean, shit. And then you have, uh, this just popped in my head, but just that it's just a little things. It, it's, it's Chris Tyree on that great screen pass, right? Went for what? Uh, 20, 27 yards. yards. Uh, but it should have went for about 40 some yards, but he just he he out stepped of out of bounds for no fucking reason. There wasn't a player around you with like three yard halo. You stepped out of bounds for what? And it wasn't Armando it's, it's Allen, the, 2009 Michigan style, by yeah, the way. It's the little, th- it's the little things like that, that it's so hard to be Alabama because of who Nick Saban is where you would, you think Brian Kelly's attention to detail, Nick Saban times a thousand on that. Yep. Which is Saban. why his, his, Un- unnecessary uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty was so funny because it's just like, it. wow, Mr. Attention to detail self owns, you know? Yeah. I, lo- I mean, I was, I thought it was funny cause you know, fuck on him, but it's also like, <laughs> when they were, I, 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 the announcers I, I like, were coaches, about it, I like coaches like that. I don't, I don't mind Nick Saban. I don't, I don't have this burning hatred of Saban. Like a lot of Notre Dame fans do. It's just fucking Saban. I mean, the guy's been around forever now. It is what it is. He's one of the greats of all time. You can't dismiss that. And here, you know, here he is just being who he is. Uh, so what, you know, whatever that, I thought the funniest thing was the halftime uh, interview. I didn't think that was going to end well at all. He's told her three times. Oh, I can't his headphone not working. And he's I thought he was about to say, yeah. fuck this shit and just and walk off. And I wish he would have. Cause it's stupid to interview coaches for more than five seconds after, at halftime, if at all. Clemson back on top, 14-7. Yeah. All's right with the world. Well, 13-7, extra point pending, but. Um, yeah, it just, I, I just, God, that hole is giant. So th- things that still continue to just annoy the hell out of me. Uh, Chris Tyree takes back the first kick, fumbles, and apparently now we don't trust Chris Tyree to do anything, so he's now just fair catch Chris Tyree. And then all season, it's Matt Salerno. John that, that, no, no, no. That was actually a good strategy by Notre Dame. It, it, I think it had less to do with with trusting Chris Tyree than realizing what, what ESPN kept pointing out left and right. It was like, 
Alabama's starting Alabama corners are, are coming fucking down on this. The, and Devontae coverage. Smith is on there yeah. as well. They had all of their starters on that it's kick just, coverage. Alabama's it's just, kick coverage was nuts. What was your favorite uh, Devontae Smith uh, uh, onside kick recovery? Because I, uh, I didn't have oh. one. Oh. I had a favorite Devonte Smith. I'm just uh, saying, punt good coverage players, where great players they picked make up a bad flag, plays. even though it was number 29 who pushed well, it, agree, not Devonte I mean, Smith. You picked the flag anyway. The way, the way Bama covers a, on a kick, you might as well just take the ball at 25. No, I, mean, I thought that was. You have to I take risks. This, this is it's ideologically inconsistent to say to jump on Brian Kelly or Tommy Reese for having a, a game plan that's that's conservative, and then sit there and be like fair catch central. I, I just don't get it. Even if that means taking the ball to 20 instead of the 25, you've got to try. You've got to try. It's one one thing taking risks. It's another thing from pretty much knowing you're going to be down at the 10 or 15 rather than the 25. It's keeping your ass away. What was Tyree's long this season returning kicks? I mean, I can answer that question, but. 19 yards? It's it's not. It it wasn't a strength of Notre Dame's returning kicks. And I don't blame Tyree on that, and I don't necessarily – blame the kickoff coverage either just college football because of the way that the kickoff is when they moved it up. Right. It's just not a thing anymore. It's just not a thing. And, and sometimes when you, you, you might be able to bust one, but kickoff, okay. uh, we can't, kick we can't or, do any better than Matt Salerno walk on nation, Matt Salerno. Returning no, that's, kicks. Oh, that's well, well, punt's a different story. Punt that's is an totally entirely different story. story. Yeah, yeah. I, I was fine well, with them taking the like, that, that is a, that is a failure of Brian Pullian and Brian Kelly to not have a guy who can who can routinely feel the ball cleanly and take off with it. I'm sorry, that's 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 ridiculous that that's they couldn't get that going for in, a, in an 11, 12 game season that they couldn't get this done. By the way, Notre Dame this season uh, has you literally recruited nobody returns. who can return a kick uh, punt return. No, they have guys. They have Larry Keys. <laughs> um, maybe you could I mean, put Xavier Tyree, Watts back there. Tyree it's not was like the Tyree could have done it. Um, Notre Dame had three kickoff returns this year of 30 yards, none more than 40. So it's not a strength. And Alabama is a team Ooh. where kickoff and coverage that's why is a In strength. games like this, you're going to continue to lose until you start yes, fixing I, some of these deficiencies. Yep. Yeah. I agree with that. No, I don't. I, I mean, I don't. I disagree with that. I don't. I mean, but no. I mean, here the kicker of it all is, is that we could all wish in one hand. I mean, crap in the other. It's just like, yeah. what can you do? I mean, saying to do this is one thing, but what can you do is another. Punt return is one. It's that's what I. I feel that you should have score. You should have should have tried more. Uh, but I mean, other things like. Like, look, I have we have no idea. We really don't. There's a there's going to be plenty of people screaming about because of the whole speed and stretch of the field thing about Braden Lindsay. But we have no fucking idea how close he is to being like a usable guy. You know, what I'm saying like, like he was out there. But I mean, has he been up to being able to full speed? Has he been able to practice? I don't know. I mean, I, I would venture to say no. I mean, the guy goes from being what was going to be a you know, a first team wide receiver to what he is now, I would say he's not healthy. The the Brian Kelly, Tommy he Reeves, was out the there. Staff, the coaching staff isn't isn't like finding a way to not play him. You know, you know what I mean? I I don't I, I don't understand the the fan angst over that. Like I just don't think he's healthy. I don't think he's anywhere close to being healthy. 
I saw him out there two or three times, and one of the times they had him matched up on uh, Sertan, and it was on the when Book got sacked, crushed sacked. Yes. Um, And yeah, it just, I don't know. You know, you you came into the season, you were down Kevin Austin, Braden Lindsay was hobbled pretty much from the get, and you just didn't have any playmakers out wide, and you needed to play more conservatively or the other option is you could have found a way to get somebody like a Jordan Johnson or a Xavier Watts involved. They chose not to do that. Um, they stuck with, you know, Javon and Avery Davis and Benny Sko, and you eventually met a team. Well, two teams where skill position players of that level weren't adequate and you lost and you won 10 games and you lost two. And I guess we look forward to next season where hopefully uh, your skill position players, the guys you expect to be there uh, remain healthy. Right. And who's going to, who's going to get on the ball. <laughs> well, I mean, I good. think, I think, you know what? It's not Brennan Clark. I'll tell you right now. It's not Brennan Clark. I, Ohio state just scored, He's, making a 14, 14 here in the first quarter. It is a officially a shootout in progress. Um, so, so who's your quarterback next year? Because I think uh, Josh probably and I somebody agree. Not on the roster right now. <laughs> yeah, well, or, that's my that's or, my vote since October. Or in the recruiting class. Um, Jude, do you agree with Josh and I? Josh, you and I agree that Ian Book. I love Ian Book. Ian Book love is a good quarter, and this is something we talked about. Ian Book is a good quarterback. Um, maybe the best quarterback Notre Dame's had in I don't know how long. Better than Brady but Quinn. Ian not a, he's not a great quarterback. And Brady Quinn wasn't a great quarterback either, mind you. Um, Brady Quinn had weapons. Ian Book didn't have weapons this year. And if you have a quarterback, like I don't think Mac Jones was 25 for 30, right? Or something like that, where he had five incompletions. I don't think Mac Jones is a perfect quarterback, but he had weapons. And if you're not a perfect quarterback like a Trevor Lawrence, you got to have weapons. And Notre Dame didn't have weapons at his disposal. So a lot of it was just kind of yeah, like, I mean, look, Al- Alabama won a national championship or yeah, they won a national championship with Jake Coker. Right. So like you can, like yeah. if you've got the right personnel, you can make a and who very, he, good, I mean, very good quarterback, help you win a national championship. Right. I believe the Ian book with the right people around him could have gotten Notre Dame to the promised land, but, but that was also but, with an elite Notre Dame defense gotten, on there on the other side there. though. What? Alabama right. also had an elite defense on the other side of that. I mean, way better than what they have now where they're, they were barely allowing, you know, eight points Which, a game. What Coker for, had I mean, elite, Alter, elite defense, the, the one had, that put up the one that allowed 40 some points for, from Florida. What? Two weeks ago, a week ago. No, no, He was saying the, um, I, the, you weren't listening to what I was, he was saying talking about the, the you were talking Coker. about Alabama. the Jay Coker, like that, that kind of Alabama. They had yeah. those, when Alabama had they those had, types of quarterbacks, they had elite Eric Henry, they were able to back Drake, them up. OJ Howard, yes. Calvin Ridley. I think that's where the whole, I look, that's where the whole Alabama full, lean give Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle and to Ian book and, you know, or Mari Rogers and, and a couple you know, guys yeah. from Clemson or whatever, like oh, yeah. I, Notre Dame's defense is, is well good enough. They, uh, maybe they wouldn't have known the national championship, but they would have been a whole, whole, hell of a lot more. If you hold Alabama, this game with Jalen Waddle out there. Uh, if you hold Alabama to 31 <laughs> you know I mean? points, you should win that football game. 
that's the crux of the issue. If you yeah. hold Alabama, you, recru- you lost just like this when game because you, you didn't recruit well enough. Yeah, like when they held Clemson to thirty. When you hold one of these teams to under forty points, you need to win that it football game. Yes, it's yeah, that's absolutely. just the way that college football is, and we're we're gonna see it tonight as this Ohio State Clemson game plays out. We're gonna see it in the national championship game. You see this play out over and over and over again in these big games. You got to score a minimum of 35 to 42 points on offense. And if you can't do that, then there's problems And Notre Dame's defense to their credit, or I guess to their disservice, they gave up the 14 early, but they buckled down and they only gave up 31 and you gave your offense a chance to come back. Like, like Josh, you said, when book through that pick, if they would have scored there, I mean, the defense kept them in it, right? You, you it score there, you're only down. Tw- it, you're down 21-14 in the you know in the third quarter. That's huge. That that's huge. That that interception, which uh, which could have been a huge play had he got the ball over the DB's head. But yeah, that's I mean you were you're in it. You're in it. I mean yeah. that that interception ended anything that you thought was gonna that you. Could be slightly. It was a 14 point swing because they scored on that drive. And then instead of being potentially, and even if you get, even if you get a field goal there, it was a, it was a, they scored on that drive with a short field. And then suddenly it's 28 to seven. Yeah, that was, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That was the one thing. And when when you're in a game where you have to get, you have to be plus two in the turnover margin to win it, which I think that if they could have done that, they would have been in a much better position to do it. Instead, you you have the one turnover. Yeah, you have the one turnover that that ends pretty much any real hope you had of coming back and, and making this a game and possibly winning. I mean, look, this, the, nothing from this game, honestly, I mean, nothing from this game was shocking, right? Like, there's no big surprises here for, for Notre Dame fans, for Notre Dame haters, for media members. There wasn't a, this wasn't a huge shocker to anybody about what, how this was going down. And even, you know, even people who had hope that Notre Dame could win this game, you, no one was shocked. But at the same time, I think that I, I think Notre Dame played better, played a better 60 minutes than a lot of people were going to give them credit for, or, and probably still will, won't give them credit for because even Carter Carls is out there tweeting out about the last fucking BCA. I don't give a <sighs> shit about what ha- I mean. I just, I just don't care. I, I know these guys have a job to do, but they, and it's why Brian, I mean, look, Brian Kelly's comments after the game are on point. He just, this is just a, the tweet from Fortuna about it. it says, Brian Kelly is not having it. Dismiss the first two questions about Notre Dame's gap from a title. Then as a third question began, when a congrats on a great season, he said, well, that would be nice if our local people would have felt the same way, but they don't use those kind of terms. Look, Brian Kelly's not in a good mood, and I don't fucking blame him. He lost. He just but, lost a football game. But what? But but the whole point of that is, is that, look, all you do is hear about how you're not there. And all he's doing is fighting and doing it. If you don't think Brian Kelly's trying, then you're just you're not you're not trying as a as just a as a sports fan understanding understanding anything. So look, to, so to, I'm up to, I'm up to you, my. But all you hear, but all you hear is that you don't belong. And look, other 
other schools, and I've said this many times, this isn't this isn't just a bit from me. Notre Dame has the worst home beat in terms of any type of homerism. Now, you may think that that's a good thing, and they certainly think it's a good thing, right? They all want to play professional. But this is college football. This, is, this ain't the pros. Every other school has a very homerific cheerleading squad. Style yeah, of, they got cheerleaders. Yes, that, that's gonna that's gonna at least not drag you through the fucking mud until they want to fire you. I mean, it, it's different when they want to fire you, like on a four and eight season. But when you have a a, a season like this, where you go to the playoff, the beat's still beating you down. And it's not like Kelly's blind to that. You see that and hear that shit every day. When Pete Sampson goes on every radio show no demand in the last week and a half, and basically he's talking about. Notre Dame's going to get ran off the field. And that's the guy that Notre Dame gives pretty much everything they want to. Any blanche coverage. Yeah. It's, you know, you're, you're kind of sitting there like, I don't want to fucking answer these questions. Fuck these guys. I, I get it. I, I get it. I mean, I, I give Kelly credit for not being more of an asshole in a press conference like this. So, I mean, it is what it, and look, and I'm not trying to like slam on our, the local beat guys, which I mean, everyone's just doing their job. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it's a different beat than an Alabama or an Ohio State or a fucking Auburn or an Iowa. It just, it's just yeah, I I think you're just you're completely missing the point here, which is Brian Kelly shouldn't care one lick what the local media thinks or believes. It does. He's not out to prove. He's not up to prove anything. It's 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 he's not out to prove anything to any local media or national media or anything. If he doesn't like the premise of a question, he can say so or he can he can answer whatever question he wants to. That's his prerogative. But, but, get, but getting salty about the local media not licking his boot because he had a ten and two season is ridiculous. I'm sorry. That's not that's not a good take. But he's that's a, a he's shitty, not a fucking robot. Is he, is he, I mean, are you just supposed to sit there as in anything, any job? And just ha- and just and be pissed like have this shit kind of this shit happen and then just be like yeah okay and well, then nope answer that that's fine I mean, be pissed but but don't be pissed at people who are literally asking you questions if the questions are dumb pissed being pissed do- hurts, dude sometimes don't. it doesn't make sense you're just pissed okay. like if you know fight that's with your fine. wife if you're upset about something and your wife asks you a dumb question but it really has nothing to do with her a lot of times hey, you'll Josh by the way that doesn't make you right that just makes you an asshole it doesn't make you right. And it does make you an asshole, but that's fine. I don't okay. care. So as long as we agree that he was just not right and, and was being an asshole, then I agree with you. I think he's both. I think he's, I think he's, I, I think, think he's, his, I think his frustration is that there's a lot of people. I think the, the crux of the issue is that there's a lot of people in the beat and there's a lot of people nationally that want to take what they did this Who season and write it shit. off. Who gives he a shit? He gives a shit. And Freddie Why does he give a shit? Why, do you think 18-year-olds are fucking reading Stuart Mandel? I don't. I don't think 18-year-olds are reading Stuart Mandel. Okay? It doesn't Dude, really – it, it doesn't matter what Stuart Mandel it thinks. It does. The whole no, narrative does not. It literally does not. Because Stuart Mandel sets the narrative, and then when no, ESPN goes not. out and they start talking about college football Yo, programs, get out and, and Freddie okay. Five Star in Georgia – when Freddie Five talk, Star in Georgia to talk wants to, to a, we need to talk to a recruit on this show because I guarantee you, not only will they not know what Stuart Mandel's narrative is, they will probably not even know who Stuart Mandel Dude, is. Then you're missing. Then you're missing the whole fucking point here. And the point it is, is, it doesn't have not, to be that. It doesn't have to be that they know it's Stuart Mandel. Narrative. It's ex. It's ex recruiting coach from Big State U, being able right. to have 
a coherent fucking bullet point list <laughs> that some national write-up put together that he that he can slap in front of a recruit's face. Not even saying it's an article, just saying. Okay, so when, no, when you sit when you sit in front of an eighteen-year-old and you say to them, ambit. "Notre Dame lost in the two thousand BCS game," their new, the recruit's going to say, "I wasn't even fucking alive in 2000. So what the fuck are well, you talking about? What I know is things, that Notre Dame's been in the there. college two football th- playoff two out of the last three years. So shut the fuck up. No, but two things there. Number one, number, number one, that's not and the argument not you giving... make. You got to be smarter yeah. than that, dude. That's not the argument you make. You just say Notre Dame is not an elite school. Here's why. Here's 20 years <laughs> of banking it, blah, blah, blah. Don't you want to go to an elite school? If you're Clemson, Ohio State, State or Alabama, you can do. certainly make that argument. But if you're not, then what ground do you have to stand on? You have literally no ground to stand on by saying Notre Dame is not an elite team. Way, and they'll say, the, wait, wait a second. So you, are, so you are elite. Tell me what college football playoff appearances you've been to. Tell me how you fared in those college football appearances against it Alabama. You can sell it. This is why we're get who is Notre Dame. Then you think 18-year-olds are idiots. Who can't actually think for themselves. Who is Notre Dame competing with for college? Then I don't want the first team Notre Dame because they're clearly not Notre Dame caliber. Hold up, Jude. Who is who is Notre Dame competing for in a college football playoff spot? We need to we need to pull this back and say it's not us. It's also the committee that is making these particular decisions, and the committee is reading things written by Stuart Mandel, <laughs> and the committee is reading things by the national narrative. Guess what? So you they have to still put Notre Dame in the college football playoffs. So they did. suck it, and they Stu did. Mandel. But that's because Oklahoma had two losses. You need to take a step back and think. No, okay, you could have put Texas A and M in that. You could have put Cincinnati in there. You could have put any number of teams in there. You didn't have to put Notre Dame in. Every every that's, national writer who said true. they just disqualified themselves and and, and Gee, that and Dan Reeves signed shitty ass take what? that the the you're uh, saying the that none of this matters. You're, that. you're saying that none of this absolutely matters at all, and that is just not true. <clears throat> I'm all saying that when you sit there this and you narrative say Notre Dame not- has lost its last seven BCS New York Six bowl games by an average of blah, blah, blah points or whatever and stuff like that, when you try to sell that to a recruit who wasn't even alive for half of those, that recruit's like, I don't know why you're telling me this. All I know is I've, I've been watching college football for the last two Wisconsin, or three years, Wisconsin, and I know Wisconsin that Notre Dame's been one of the last four teams two out of the last three years. Well, they're not recruiting you, Jude. Your, I guarantee your your uh, analytic mind is not what's going it's on. It's not analytics, if I, if I, Josh. If, it's fucking. If I'm sorry, it's, no, I'm talking about. Okay, talking let's about, go. Let's go. The number the of teams that, that have made multiple appearances in the college Johnny. football playoff. Let's go. Number of teams that made multiple appearances in the college Alabama, football playoff. Alabama, Let's Clemson, go. Ohio State, Oklahoma, Notre Dame. That's Congratulations. You just named them all. So unless I'm I'm recruiting for Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, yep. or Cle- you or, just. Then, then play, literally, congratulations, congratulations, congratulations you, got, you, you, those guys to, you just played them. yourself. No, I didn't you play myself, you Jude. fucking idiot. You did. I, I because, recruited against because Michigan. Because Oklahoma I is Wisconsin. the problem. I recruited against a ton of teams. No. I recruited no. against Washington, Oklahoma by, by the way. Washington. The guys to win. I recruit against saying. Washington. Washington's got all playoff appearance. They have an all playoff appearance. But no, Oklahoma right now is a fair amount of people to Washington. Jude, Jude. I'm not Hold losing up. fucking people. I'm Jude, losing Pete Jude, Warner to Ohio State. I haven't lost a Jude, ton of people to Ohio State. There are not a lot of people player, that are like, I'd rather go. I was going to go to this, Notre Dame by the way, Ohio State, State off of But Jude, pull back a second. Let me lay this out for you. Who goes to the playoffs every year? It's Alabama and Clemson, right? Right. Right? The ACC and the SEC. The SEC will send a team, singular or plural, every single season, Correct. 
So, so Clemson is going to represent the ACC almost every year at this point. The ACC is essentially Clemson's uh, to have. So that's two playoff spots immediately taken off the field. Is the winner of the Big Ten going to go to the playoffs? More often than not, all but two times, yes. So Ohio State is a problem. The other problem is Oklahoma, who is 0-4 in the playoff and seemingly doesn't have these same sort of narrative concerns that Notre Dame has, despite the fact that their margin of loss in college football playoff games is enormous. And they don't have this sort of narrative problem. You have Kurt Herbstreit stumping for Oklahoma as a two-loss team on the same weekend that Notre Dame makes it. Notre Dame made it. I get it, Jude. Notre Dame made it. But the fact of the matter is, is that there's still that discussion. Oklahoma's been to four. The same number as Ohio State. We're not going to agree on this. So why don't we bring Carter Carls on? And since he talks to 18-year-olds, we'll talk to him about the number of times that Stuart Mandel and the national narrative has been mentioned in, in the, the decisions about whether or not to attend Notre Dame. I'm just because saying I'm going to say one zero point zero. Dame, If a one-loss Notre Dame is sitting there with a one-loss Oklahoma national narratives in this We're talking particular about recruiting. This hasn't We're talking come about up. recruiting. We're not talking about college right. football so playoff listen, committee. So listen to me very carefully. Listen to me very carefully about this. We're talking about recruiting. And so – if how does why does Notre Dame keep losing these games against the elite teams? Because everyone can agree because it's because their of academic the requirements are too so, soft. Let me finish. So if you have to if you have to beat these teams with the elite players, you have to recruit against these teams to get those elite players. So if the whole fucking narrative is is that you're just not good enough, these elite players just keep struck. Will Shipley? These players just keep going over that direction. You have to be able to overcome. That, but it gets extremely difficult when the narrative is it's never going to happen. Why would you go there? We're doing it here all the time. If it's just because that, if it's I'm Ohio telling State you, that's Clemson, not how 18 year old kids Austin think. They Debo. think I am the difference in getting them from where they are now to where they want I do to be. Agree to that to a, that I do is agree very to that true. To that is true, Jude. I do, agree, true. I do agree to that to a point, but this, what, this is why recruiting has gotten insane because there's a lot better recruiters out there who will turn that on a dime. We will make you even better. You think you're great now? Come on, you know you're come to Clemson. We'll make you a fucking champion. No, make you look, even better. Look at what we're you, doing with James Skalski. The guy can barely run, and we're making him like a fucking buckets winner. Oh, you, the buckets winner. You're, you're also, you're also sidestepping the fact that Notre Dame can't recruit half the five star guys because they can't. They're not academically eligible to make it in Notre Dame. So, like, let's not forget that's a huge fucking problem, more, right? That's true. Which makes they can't even talk which to makes those the narrative. Dudes. No, I, t- I heard Devontae guys- Smith tonight at the podium, and it did not sound like he was capable of attending Notre Dame for classes. Let's just be honest. No, I, what I'm saying right? is, is that you go back and look at their offer list of the last 10 years. There are still guys there with offers in yeah. hand that you can get. Now, now look, I, it, I say that with a caveat that just because a guy holds an offer doesn't always mean – like Marquis Stepp had an offer and was committed, but yet was still – academically ineligible to come to Notre Dame that just using that as a point to say, I I'm telling you to look at the offers list. There's still plenty of five-star guys on there, but how many yeah. of those still get a Notre Dame? I don't know. All, All I right, know so is that they still held an offer. Let, let's, let's rank these priorities. Okay. Um, you're a, um, African-American student athlete with a, with yeah. a, is a four-star who's got, who's considering like probably the top five schools, right? Are you worried yeah. about, 
um, geography, like where the school is located? Are you worried about how tough the academic requirements are? Are you worried about sure, the, sure. So, the social life? Are you worried about yeah. how many times the team that you'd like to play for has lost by 20 or more points in the college football playoff? Rank those for yeah. me. Because um, I'm going to well, say that I mean, George- I'm going to say the loss in the college football playoff is at the absolute lowest list behind girls. And how cold is it in the fucking winter? I don't disagree uh, with that. I mean, I mean, there's there's like 50 more variables you need to throw in there. Number one is like not every four star African American player has got the same priorities. Uh, so I mean, right there we're we're right. shooting Ka- from Kyle Hamilton made at. a choice. He he got recruited by all the top teams, and he said, "Look, I want it. I want to go to Notre Dame." Right. He made that choice. So it's, it's, okay. it's Chris Tyree possible. did the same thing, right? It's Chris Tyree did the same thing. George Pickens, uh, but ignored look, the fact we're not, that we're not going to change, we're not going to change, we're not going to change certain things, right? We're not going to change the classes. Fact that, we need to that, get like four times that in each class. Notre no, Dame's never going to be a party school. It's never going to move out of the Midwest. It's never going to lower its academic requirements. And so you've got, you've got three things that are probably working against you for a kid that has NFL ambition, right? Because they're not putting guys in the NFL uh, like Alabama is, the rate Alabama and Clemson are, right? And so that's a consideration. Well, and you know what? Putting them in a better rate. Well, I mean, but I'm you know what though? If if you have if you they're have putting a, a better rate, if you have a 200 yard rushing game and your team loses by 20 in the in the college football playoff, I'm sure no NFL scout is sitting there going, "Well, his team lost by 20, so I don't think he's actually a really good player." Right? Not sure what that has to do with it. I mean, I don't what know. I'm saying to you is that this this whole fixation on the national narrative is a, is something for 40 year olds to obsess over on Twitter who follow Stuart Mandel, and I'm including myself in that. Right? This is a self own, but I'm telling you but that this, just, this 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 doesn't rank anywhere in the top 50 priorities for 18 year old kids deciding on which college to go to. This is well, not the, this again, is not dude, a consideration. The, the problem is is that the problem is that you we don't know. What every eighteen-year-old's priorities right, are, which is why I, which is why I offered to bring Carter Carls on the show to disprove to you guys, which you won't believe me on, because I feel like I have a better sense of this than you do, and maybe I'm wrong. And Carter will will sit there and go, "Oh, actually, yeah, no, they do watch the games, and and it's super fucking embarrassing when they lose by twenty, and and they mention it all the time." And then I'll say, "Okay, Josh and Brennan, I was clearly wrong. I clearly I'm clearly wrong about that. I'm not afraid to say I'm wrong. I very well could be wrong." But I don't think but I. It, I just don't see how you're. So, so you're telling me. That. You're telling me. I, you're I, telling me. I mean, I'm not even that saying that's the end all. I'm just saying it's. A, I'm just saying it's an issue. You're trying. You're trying to say it's. You're. You're just absolutely dismissing I'm saying it. Like it means nothing. Endless obsession of ours with the national narrative and what the college football playoff thinks and what Stu Mandel thinks and what what how nice Pete Sampson is and to Brian Kelly. That doesn't all mean anything. And what I th- I think Brian Carroll's big error here is is allowing that to have any sort of weight when he should know better. He should know that sort so, of shit so doesn't Nick have Saban any weight. Because Saban, Saban trashes reporters all the time. What I would say is yes, I would say they're all human and they're all they're all hot tempered dudes, right? And so they they obviously they got under Brian's skin tonight, just like Lakin got under Brian's skin in the 2017 Georgia post game. Right. And so he's tired of answering certain questions and he's t- he's tired of he's tired of narratives. And instead of being a good politician and if you don't like the narrative, change the narrative, he's going to sit there and accept the premise of the question, which he's under no obligation to do. Well, he's, he's unable no ob- to change the narrative. He's unable to change the narrative. No, because if he, no, when he you lose trying, the game, was, you don't you can't change the narrative. Look, 
the question is going to get asked. Again, I don't know if Brian Kelly. Like, like if he dismisses that, trying it's just going to get asked. If he wanted to change the narrative tonight, if he wanted to change the narrative tonight, he would have dialed up a pass over the middle to test the Alabama safeties. If he wanted to change no, the narrative no, no. tonight, if he wanted to he change would have decided the narrative to tonight, play more he, aggressively. No, if he wanted to change the narrative tonight, he would have recruited wide receivers in the 2017 class that were like Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddell, and uh, and the guy we saw tonight, Devonta Smith. Right? Who who are the 2017 wide receiver class? Devonta Smith was an afterthought. He was a guy that they developed. And okay, fine. I mean, then the then Henry Ruggs. I'll take the other two dudes. If he wanted to change the narrative, he would have said, hey, Jordan Johnson, why don't you go out there and make a play for me, bud? Right. And so maybe what does that say about Jordan Johnson? Because I don't I don't necessarily believe that it could be it could be a Brian Kelly thing. But I say we don't have enough information because Jordan Johnson could be a massive screw up in the he could be a massive screw up in practice. He could be a massive screw up academically. I watched Miles Boykin take three to four years in order to get ready in this offense. I watched Chase Claypool take three to four years to get ready in this offense. And do I have to watch a top 50 player in the country in Jordan? No, Johnson Brendan, you're, three to four. Right, Brendan right, Clemson and Alabama need fans too. You can go be fans of them. I'm about to read a list. I'm just I'm saying, about to read a list. I just, hold on. I'm yeah. about to read a list. So the 2017 wide receiver class, I'm, I'm going to yeah. list off who Notre Dame offered in this class. And this is goes from the highest ranked wide receiver down. All right. Donovan Peoples-Jones, T. Higgins, Jerry Judy, Joseph Lewis, Trayvon Trayvon Grimes, Tyjon Lindsey, DJ Matthews, Devonta Smith, Jalen Rager, Tariq Black, Tylen Walson, Jeremiah Holloman, uh, Arcyrus St. Brown, uh, I'm skipping a few now, Oliver Martin, uh, Noah Igbogwe, Tariq Johnson, I'm trying to... Jafar Armstrong, Michael right. Young, Michael Young, yeah. Jafar Armstrong, or Michael Young. How Michael many likes did you get? Line How many catches did your name get from Jafar Armstrong and Michael Young this year? None. I mean, maybe maybe two. So uh, well, Michael I'm, Young's I'm, playing I'm, for Cincinnati. I, Michael Young is definitely zero, but I'm saying I'm giving to give Jafar Armstrong the benefit of the doubt that he caught a pass out of the backfield. And I find it funny that Brendan calls uh, Devonta Smith a project. He was the number sixty-two ranked player in the country, <laughs> but for Alabama, but that compared is a, to that is a project. Right, right. I mean, he didn't come on until last year, and it wasn't no, until there was just, an injury. I'd, I'd yeah. rather have that. Just, I'd rather have that. That's project just a comment about Jafar Alabama. Armstrong. That's a, that's a Alabama because I mean their 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 wide receiver room was, uh, you know, the top. They had two first round picks, right? So you had rugs and you had uh, Jerry Judy last year, and sort of yeah. the afterthought was Devontae Smith. It's just Jim Rager might have been a first round too. Yeah, he went to the um, no, he was a second round. He went to um, they kept saying uh, they kept saying he could have been a possible person. <sighs> yeah. Rager was so and uh, people's list the there. Yeah, he's yeah, a sixth round pick there. for the uh, uh, Green Bay Packers. And he's having a hell of a yeah, season for the there. There's, there's plenty of talent there. So getting every edge possible in recruiting, one way or the other, however small or or big, is key. Now, look, Jerry Judy from Deerfield Beach, Florida, was not coming to Notre Dame. I mean, it's just these yeah. – and that has nothing to do with academics. I'm just saying that guy wasn't coming to Notre Dame. Right. And he, the, reason, the, the reason he wasn't coming to Michigan. 
the reason he wasn't going to Notre Dame was for was had, didn't have anything no. to do with losing by right. 20 That's to, to uh, well, it didn't have not happened yet. Clemson, like I, I, 2017 is a little unfair because we don't have, we don't have the current situation, which they've now appeared twice in the last three years. Because in, in 2017, class, coming off lit- I was going to say you're literally coming off four and eight. So it's like, it's hard. It's hard to tell those guys. Cause well, that's the other thing. It's like dudes who are used to winning state championships. Don't like to go into programs that are losing five, six games a year. Let me flip it on you real quick. And I don't mean like, I don't mean like a gotcha thing or anything like that. I'm just, I got a question. Number one, did Chase Claypool have a year of eligibility left? Could he have played yeah, this year? Sure did. Sure could. He registered, he did register that first year. Okay. So yeah. does Chase Claypool make up the difference in this game for Notre Dame at all? No. Yes. No. Absolutely. How much? How much of a difference? I think that Chase uh, he gets Claypool it closer is, for sure. Keeps it closer. And if you keep it closer, then maybe the defense doesn't isn't put in the position that they are earlier in the game, right? And maybe you're able to, if you have Chase Claypool and I don't or know, maybe they just means. double him and they just, they just, then it's hey, and just, and just to, uh, well, I mean, even if they're doubling the, him, that opens the field up for, Oh, just to speed up this 2017 thing. <laughs> uh, Najee Harris, Cam Akers, Stephen Carr, Trey Sermon, we're all running backs offered by Notre Dame in this class. Uh, we got CJ Holmes. So, and, and so this is, if you want to, if you want to blame Brian Kelly, right. Cause it, it ultimately the buck stops with him. Right. And, and I, I've got active issues with Dell Alexander. And I think that, I think we've all been sort of clear about like, you know, if you were to like, I don't know, find a job at Vandy or whatever, like I wouldn't shed a tear. Right. But, and, and, and to Brendan's point, which is like, why are we waiting? Why does it take three years to see any work, work out of any of these dudes. Although you could make the argument that as, as long as they're progressing at the same year every year, then you always do have a junior who's or senior is producing, but I digress. Right. Which is the, the original point, which is like Brian Kelly's got to do a better job recruiting. And just like I said, during, after the Clemson game, they lost that Clemson game when they, when they didn't recruit the players that they needed to beat Clemson, they lost today's game before it was even started. That's why, to be honest with you, I I said this before we started taping, but that's why I felt so much better about this game than I felt about the, about the, the Clemson game. Cause I'd watched them beat Clemson. I knew that despite the talent, uh, deficiency that we'd been that had been drilled into our heads. That Notre Dame was on the same field and could compete with with Clemson. And to see them get blown off the field with just a couple of players difference after a couple of weeks was humiliating, deflating, whatever you want to say. Right? This game, I'm like the talent gap is too much. There's too many weapons. You take away this one, they're gonna kill you with the other one or whatever. And it was 31-14. And to be honest with you, I'm trying to find a hard like to be really like morose about this. I'm not morose about it. I'm just saying this game was lost two years ago. Final thing about recruiting, and then we need to move on to uh, finish up this season a little bit more. Uh, Here's something about recruiting that everyone just, they have to know. Number one, if Trevor Lawrence was playing for Notre Dame and not Ian book, and I love Ian book, this game is totally different. So just know that it's, well, we said that two weeks ago, right? And yeah, everybody knows that if Notre Dame had an elite quarterback, so much of this shit goes away. And I am, this is not me trying to trash book at all. And I hate all you fuckers out there that trash a guy who more than maxes out his potential. Fuck you. Uh, but the second thing is this people act like Notre Dame can't get elite talent. And that's just not true at all. They do. But the problem has, as it's always been 
has been depth. And I'm not just talking about depth in a year. It's depth over years. So where you are reloading, like, like a guy like Chase Claypool, there should be a Jerry Judy coming in right behind him. That, right. That's, that is the did. recruiting issue. You can get these elite guys. It's just the sheer number of them that you have to get. Look at the top recruit, recruiting classes every year and look at the sheer number of the elite guys they get. And that is just something, I'm sorry, Notre Dame is just not going to be able to get. So if they're going to win a national title, it is going to take a whole set of circumstances in that season to get them there. And it, maybe it is and, just an elite quarterback. Well, the and I think, is a guy, I think, I think Josh I think is, is, is this year. You I think tonight is a, a is a building guys block. 18, I, right? I think tonight is a building block of that, which is go back to my point, which I was saying before, which is guys are sitting there going, okay, they're close, but they need guys to come in and make the make this a done deal. And I and, and, it, and it's just, just like just we need three or four dudes to it. say to to say that you know. Well, that's the thing is when you miss. When, when Clemson or Alabama misses, we don't remember it because there was a dude who yeah. stepped up who didn't miss, you know? The, so so here's – I guess here's the problem is, is it was the 2018 recruit. so we want to point to the 17. It's the 18 recruiting class where it was Kevin Austin, Braden Lindsay, Lawrence Keys. He's out of catch tonight. But the top two players, wide receivers in that class, were a big offer. And then who's your favorite wide receiver from the 2019 class, Josh? Who's your favorite wide receiver from that class? Who is who is Dell out there pounding the pavement for to get for 2019? Why don't you take a look at that wide receiver class and and you tell me uh, what sort of depth we're building from the 2019 wide receiver class? Um, so let's remind everybody right now, who, there was, who the wide receivers are in the 2019 class. Oh yeah. Uh, well, why don't you why don't you uh, Kendall uh, Abdul Rahman? Cam Hart. He's a quarterback now. 44th ranked player. Uh, 644th play ranked. Uh, it was Kendall Abdul Rahman, uh, 19 or 20. I can't remember. He's a running uh, back he now. Was, oh, he, oh was, uh, he was 19. He's a running back now. And he was the 530th ranked player, a three-star. Yeah. So. Um, but he was 100. He was 114 spots higher than Cam Hart on the national scale. Yeah. So. So that's, <laughs> I guess the problem is that the. And Brendan Clark. He, Brendan Clark was just ranked right above uh, Kendall Abdul Rahman. Uh, as your quarterback in this class at 520, 521 nationally. And that's the problem, I guess, receiver-wise, is that the 18 class was such a whiff. It's 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 kind of like that Tyrone Willingham oh, no. offensive. <laughs> it's like the Tyrone Willingham offensive line whiff that led to the 2007 season, where he just didn't recruit offensive linemen, and it led to there being nobody, no bodies for 2007. And it's kind of the same thing with wide receivers is – Lindsay and Austin gets hurt and then there's there's nobody there and the staff just isn't capable or willing to let freshmen play at the wide receiver position. So when you have a top 40 player in Jordan Johnson out there or even, a you know, Xavier Watts, who is. You know, oh, my God. Still Hold a, on. Did they, did they, they just ejected? Did they toss they just ejected James. Co- for targeting he better. He hit Justin Fields in the back. Yeah. The by back. That's the fucking terrible. You got him in the ribs. That's terrible. In the back ribs. <laughs> That's fucking Addition terrible. By subtraction. 
which is funny too. Cause they're, they're missing a dude from the, from the Clemson game or from the Notre Dame game. Right. Somebody got oh, tossed well, in the nope. second, the, the, isn't playing the first half of this no, game. Well, he got tossed, yeah. Well, he got tossed in the second half. There he is. <laughs> oh no, that's turning. Never mind. Uh, look, that, that's a terrible call. That's a terrible call. You hate to see Man, it. I, I, so, you hate to see you know, Look, all the stuff we talked about this podcast, I could be completely fucking wrong because I really thought Clemson was going to wipe their ass with Ohio State and it is 21-14 Buckeyes right now with five minutes left to go in the half and they are inside the 10-yard line. So. I mean, we we admitted that was an emotional pick, though. You know, just like the, all the stuff that we've been saying. Like, we want Clemson to wipe and, the floor because it makes it really Well, my point was, too, was that I don't care. It's just they, you played six games. Jared Patterson plays tonight if we only play six games. Notre Dame's probably the second seed. If but if, if Ohio State games. wins tonight, they deserve to be there. I think we agree on that, right? Yeah. I don't I, think you're going to argue. I don't think you're going to argue. You beat Clemson. Come on. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, tell, I'm sorry. I still have massive issues with the six-game okay. season. If they beat Alabama, will, will you believe them to be legitimate national champions, <laughs> or will you say no. no? They only beat Clemson and no, Alabama, no. so no, I won't. I, this that okay. will be the only team that could have won this year that deserves an asterisk because of the six games. It's a, that's a huge thing. That's a huge deal. I never once said they weren't talented enough to to beat Clemson or talented enough to win it all. I've, I'm not. I would never once said that. But going through an entire season, that's an entire, entirely different subject. That's a whole different monster. We're talking about a program that has lost huge to Iowa, to Purdue over the years. That's their right, thing. Yeah. They're going to get an upset you know, a lot of times. So are they here if they get upset by fucking, uh, you know, by Virginia Iowa? Tech, or, five and six, or Virginia Tech. Or pulls one out of their ass at the yes, end of the year? Yes. No, if Michigan beats them, they're not in there. Yeah, they they play ten and one. They win the Big Ten, and yes, they're going to be in. We already we already said that in the beginning I mean, of this podcast. That, I didn't. Ten, ten, ten and one begin wins the wins the Big Ten with a weird loss to a big another Big Ten team. Yeah, they're in. Yep. Well, okay, but they didn't. They didn't fucking play it. They only played six games. And you know, That's you know who would have been. You know who would have been out? It's Notre Dame because they wouldn't have played Clemson. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just, yeah. it, it's just not a, it, I, I have no respect for what's happening right now um, at all. So while, while we're just jumping in all over the map here, um, look, Notre Dame won 10 games. They keep winning double-digit wins. It's frustrating as hell. We get it. Trust me. I, I run this damn site over here. I, it's not that I don't hear it from everybody uh, every day about what they're not doing right. But what they are doing right is a lot more than what has been going on over the last two decades. This is a consistent and, and Brian Kelly is absolutely right. It, you know, he got salty on those answers tonight when he's like, you know, too bad. So sad for you guys. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. We're going to keep winning and we're going to end up here. And that's your problem, not ours. And he's absolutely right. So, I mean, whether or not Notre Dame wins, wins it all or makes it to the finals of the college football playoff, whatever, that, that's a, that's a whole different thing. Right. I, I think, I think maybe we can, ag- for- I think we we can agree too. Then we've talked about Notre Dame embracing the villain role. That is a villain thing to say, right? I don't Absolutely. care about, fuck Absolutely. your feelings. I don't care about your feelings. 
we're going to be here because we're going to continue to win and we're making winning priority in the, in this program. And, and I don't care if we get here every single, well, I care that we get here every single time and lose by 20 or whatever, but we're going to, we're going to try our dang hardest to get the college football playoff and we're going to win it one of these times. And you know what? Maybe you're going to have to watch this a couple more times, but you can't eliminate us because we're, we're 12 and 0 and we're going to the playoffs or we're 10 and one and we were in the ACC championship. And our only loss was the ACC championship. Like, you know, those are, those are all legitimate reasons to here's, be in the, in the college football playoff. Here's the direct quote from Kelly. We're going to keep getting here. All right. And we're going to keep banging at it. We're going to keep getting here. I'm sorry if you don't like it or if the national media doesn't like it. So at least you way, apologize to the national media. I, lo- I love that because this, this to me, him saying that, and I really hope that he believes that because him saying that is him saying, I'm going to work as hard as I worked in 2017 to get this right to get this going in a direction that I can win a national championship before I walk out the door in 2024. And maybe he doesn't accomplish it, but to still continue to work on it, because I don't as we all recall, Lou Holtz has always said, I, look, it wasn't about getting to the top of the mountaintop. It was sustaining it. Right. And so we've always wondered about that, which is like, okay, great. So they've, they've gotten to this part where 10 wins is a, is a normal, you know, it's a normal thing now or whatever. Can Kelly sustain it? Can Kelly get to the next step? Well, we haven't gotten to the next step yet, but him saying that says to me, I'm not, I'm not quitting on this goal. This is still my goal. I'm not, I'm not resigned. I'm not saying, Hey guys, we're 10 and two and you should, you know, why don't, why don't you love that enough or whatever? He's pissed off. He wants, he wants to win one of these games. He's hungry for it. And I think next season is going to be a huge for challenge for oh, Brian Kelly. Yes. Yes. Ge- it's going to be his muscle. Drew Pine, year, right? Drew, Drew Pine and, and Brennan Clark oh, aren't it. And this has been my thing is, and I know, I don't know. I kind of feel like you guys laughed at me saying that no, we needed I'm, to go out I'm with you. and get I'm a grad and get a, get a grad transfer, get not a grad even a grad transfer. transfer. I'm just open for a transfer. This oh, a is transfer, the first yeah. season. Yeah. That you were able to get free agent transfers at quarterback. If you need to make a call to coast Carolina and get Grayson McCall, you get on the phone. I, I, I think I'm I was laughing huge, about the call thing. The thing is, I, I just don't think that's their. I don't think that's their mindset. I, I just. Don't. I'm not sure if that's their mindset. I think they might be looking more for a rental because they believe in Tyler Buckner. They, they would do it for wide receiver. They would do it for positions where there's multiple people, but they're just they don't. No, I think they absolutely, dude. I think they absolutely would do it for a one year guy, at quarterback. I, I think I, they I really I, want. I guess I would be surprised. Tyler Buckner, that, but that, they, they want that gap. They want that gap. That they need that gap. Here. That has repercussions in recruiting too. You know, you do that, you I mean, you're not. Now it doesn't hurt, hurt Ohio State. It's not, not hurt Ohio State. State. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do to keep winning. If Notre Dame doesn't go out and get a transfer quarterback and they're forced to play Drew Pine or Brendan Clark or freshman Tyler Buckner, I'm sorry. I mean, I I think there's a lot of upside with Tyler Buckner. I get it. But I also have my other views about him, too. Like, is he ready to compete at the big level? And Look, at right now we're expecting double digit wins now. That's just like a random thing for yeah. us now. Like that's just a normal thing. So I don't any know of those three guys good. get you ten wins next year and that against that schedule. And I can't say with any type of confidence that they can. Can a transfer quarterback who's who is seasoned, can he do it within Notre Dame system, which doesn't yeah. feel like it's complicated, right? You just have to I, I think that Notre Dame is an even more attractive place for maybe not for the, for the, for the transfer, but as the transfer situation is, is attractive is because they're not bringing you into a uberly 
complicated system. Is Uberly even a fucking word? Yeah, uh, it's probably. Okay. Yeah, sure. okay. Okay. I just, I, it's a, it's a good spot <clears throat> to bring a guy in where he's not, he's not reading a Charlie Wise fucking playbook. Right. It, and he's you got know, a Kyron Williams. He's got a Chris Tyree. He's got a, a Jared Patterson at center, right? Right. And not, so, you know, look, and not only is Notre Dame in a tough spot next year at quarterback, they're going to be a tough spot. I mean, offensive just experience line. wise, yeah. offensive line. Yeah. Pass catchers recycled again. Return. But you, you return Michael Mayer and you, you got pieces maybe next Aaron, season. Maybe Aaron Banks comes back. I don't know. He could jump. He could. Aaron Banks can probably jump. should. But there's pieces, really higher there's pieces there's pieces in place for this Speaking team, which, and I feel that they need a quarterback because which, what the most differentiates dis- is go ahead I'm sorry yeah, go ahead no go ahead I was gonna say the most disingenuous thing I heard all night wasn't from Brian Kelly it was from Jeremiah Wusukormo when when asked about his NFL ambition and he said I haven't announced anything yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. You hear yeah. a lot of I really believe you're not top. going to go to the NFL. Okay. okay. Well, sure. If if Wu comes back, we're winning the national championship by a billion. <laughs> if Wu comes back, he's the dumbest person ever. You can lived. say that because you know he's not. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there's just no way that he's not. Uh, do you guys think there's going to be I any surprises? I would be mad at him. I would, I would like legit hey. be mad at him. Like, why would you not so, go get the bag? You know, like, go get the money, dude. I mean, who do you think leaves? Not, and not just for the draft. Who do you think jumps ship? Um, well, you have to look at the wide receiver position as a potential area of guys jumping ship. Um, you also, I don't know. I, I think you have to look. There's a lot of positions where players are. When this rule passes in this month, right? January now. When this rule passes, when because uh, it's uh, January 1st. When this rule passes later this month where players get a one-time free transfer to anywhere, you look at your roster and anybody could leave who feels like they're getting jumped or not getting the playing time that they want, that they desire, was tweets from you know Jordan Johnson uh, during the, <laughs> uh, the, right before the ACC title game indicative. He theoretically could go anywhere he wants in America with, and start game one. That's just how college football, this, this is going to be a very unique off season and that everybody's going to be feeling out with this one time transfer rule, how it's going to play. We have a record number of players in the transfer portal. Now there's going to be guys who aren't able to find schools this season. Brendan, are, there you is sure, a record are you sure that of, you sure that passed? Because I'm reading an article it, from SI in May of 2020. It says NCAA's one-time transfer waiver tabled to in, until at least 2021-22. 2021-2022 season. So it is going to pass. They expect it to pass this January. So it's going to pass. Yes. Um, and it basically passed for basketball players because uh, um, they already let Notre Dame. Uh, who is it? Uh, Cormac. Well, that, uh, was, that, was co- that, that was COVID-related, though. That was COVID related, but they, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to pass this rule that allows players to, Uh, I guess I'm confused. I'm confused by 2021, 22. Does that mean 2021 football season or 2022 football season? We're in 2020. Yeah. We're in the 21, 2022. We're in the 2021 season right now. Okay. Because it's still going on. I'm sorry. I apologize for doubting you. I just, I apparently cannot do simple math. So. They are going, it's going to be very interesting. So 
I'm look, even I'm, as far as the quarterbacks go, even if it was, even if the, the rules are still the same, there are plenty of ripe quarterback fish out there that are grad transfer eligible. And the transfer portal right now, if you go, if you go look at the transfer, the transfer portal on 24, it's just absolutely loaded with guys right now, let alone in another month. Yeah. The the transfer portal, they're talking, there's a problem with guys not even having, uh, there's more guys in the transfer portal than there are available roster spots. It's a problem. Well, we don't know about the roster spots. That's another, that's something the NCAA hasn't said a word on, which is a bunch of, that is true. They have not have that. They 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 haven't said anything about. Basically, if a guy was on your team this year, he can come back next year. So if you added 40 guys in recruit or say 30 guys in recruiting class yeah, and you go to like 95 scholarships, supposedly that's OK. We don't know. There's no guidance from the NCAA to the schools right now about how that's supposed to break down, not just this year or not, or not just next year, but the year or two is after that, because it all you know, it, it's going to have to be a. If you open it up, it has to be a scale back over time. It just can't be a cut on one year. You know what I mean? I, I feel like, really, good, I feel just... really good about Notre Dame. Um, if this is the if this is the year, and I think it is, I think you guys are right. I feel really good about Notre Dame's position because if guys want out, that means that it's not about Notre Dame. It's they just want to play, and they just they've lost confidence that the coaches here will let them play. But anybody who's coming in as a transfer in is already being wooed, obviously, by Notre Dame. And Notre Dame is probably right. telling them, we need you to take it to the next level. So I'm And I wouldn't good. even count on any of the guys you have signed because think about uh, the whole – do you remember Brew McCoy where he signed uh, with USC, then flipped to Texas, and then before spring was even up, he flipped oh, back, that was back to USC. Yeah. USC. Yeah. So Brew McCoy theoretically could have started for USC that season. I've got to tell you, Justin Fields right now is getting murdered on the field. Yeah. And, and Clemson oh, is he's not going to survive. He was on his, he was yeah, on his team. Shot. He got smoked. Do you remember that? Um, was it uh, Byron Leftwich and Marshall when they were like carrying him down the field? Do you remember that game? Yeah, we broke his hurt? leg. Yeah. yeah they broke Did he break his leg? His leg? Or Terry's ACL or something, something. He broke his leg. It was yeah. a broken and they're leg. literally like yeah. carrying him down the field in the hurry up offense so that he can throw the game winning touchdown pass, right? Yeah, that's the, yeah, that was awesome. That was that's so good. <laughs> hey, Brendan, what was your favorite Ian book uh, pass attempt of 20 yards or more tonight? Oh, um, I think it was the one. Uh, oof. I like the one where he targeted the wide receiver before the second half, which was that one. Um, uh, what, what was your favorite? Um, it was the it was the, the 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 target to the wide receiver in the first half. That was my favorite one. <laughs> what was your favorite Sean Crawford pass breakup? <laughs> oh, I think it was the one where um, he sort of whiffed it air. Oh, he tied your wife. Or what was your favorite Clarence Lewis uh, tackle in space? <laughs> oh, I like the one where oh. also same guy Devonta Smith uh, burned him on the sidelines, and he looked like a fool uh, tackling. Uh, the the sideline. That, that was a good. That was just ran right past him. Oh <laughs> yeah. God. Uh, yeah. What was your, what was the fa- what was your favorite time that they knocked Mac Jones on his ass? Um, it was the oh the roughing uh, the passer penalty on the roughing Jason the passer. Penalty. I mean, I think Adi uh, got so, there and he he forced a uh, a rough so a, the, intentional grounding if I crawl correctly, but still. Now that we're talking a little bit more about the future too, as well, I guess since we're like. I mean, uh, 
let's 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 put the game to bed a little bit. Uh, it was what it was. It could have been a lot worse. It wasn't. I don't think it was an embarrassment. It was just a loss by a team that yes. you lost to a team that was just extremely more talented. And that's, I guess that just, that just happens. I mean, I'm what, just, I'm what's Notre Dame's final it's ranking rare. this year? Our Brendan and I were talking about that. He thinks they could still stay fourth, but that would take a Clemson win tonight, which isn't happening. Right. right. I think, I, I think it's fifth. I, I think they dropped to five. Who jumps them? Oh, it'll probably be A&M. I'm sure of it. So, so you, help me out. You Where did jump they start an A&M team that lost by like a half hundo to uh, the same the same uh, Alabama Georgia. team that already hey, lost by seventeen? Georgia, Georgia could be. They love Georgia. Georgia can love, move up. God, do you love Georgia? Where did they start the season? I can't even remember. Was it nine or ten? Yeah, it was in the top ten. Nine. All right, so we're at least we're at least extinguishing that canard of the the last time Notre Dame started a season. Oh, oh, it's still top. overrated, Jude. It's still overrated. We, okay. We're ranked second in the country for about six weeks in a row, so we're yeah. overrated. Because uh, <clears throat> we were undefeated, so we're underrated. We actually beat the number one team in the country. Um, but but uh, by yeah, the way, Dan Rubenstein says that 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 the whole thing was negated, right? He said that didn't actually even I don't happen. About Dan Rubenstein, I can't I can't tell you a person who I, I, I give just, a I shit can't, less. I can't more I can't believe you could literally about. sit there with a straight face as a college football pundit and say a game literally did not count anymore because you lost that same team. I don't even understand that. I mean, there's guys who do that like three years later. Miami Hurricanes fans are saying that they should have been the ACC championship because they beat Notre Dame in 2017. You know, they sure do. Yeah. They don't get paid to do this for a living. Well, they said that before they allowed North Carolina to score 60 plus points on them. Right. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Yeah. I mean, I don't bring up Dan Rubenstein on this podcast. I, I, I would rather, I would rather hear Roger Sherman's take on a game than fucking Dan Rubenstein. Wow. Anyways. um, That's a low bar. Yeah. Notre Dame's got a, uh, they, I mean, they got a lot of work to do. You know, Clark Lee, this was it. Uh, yep. La Vista, have fun in Nashville. Ian Book. Uh, do we I'm have, go ahead and say Josh, it. do you have any any insight on what what could be coming down the pipe? All right. So I have as as I have a single here. source. I have a single source who I do trust. Um, but I, you know, it's not like, I'm not out there trying to hunt down any more sources. Um, but I have a single source that I do trust that says that Brian Kelly's meeting with Mike Elko on Sunday. Meeting somebody, meeting with somebody. That's not a two the same point. As, that's a two point two million dollar uh, job so offer right there. This is and like again, your, meeting your girl. Meeting your somebody is not the up, same as your girlfriend breaks up with you, and then she comes back around and says, "I've made a huge mistake." Right? There's a lot of happy marriages that way, Jude. A lot of happy marriages. <laughs> a lot of happy marriages. <laughs> you I just described the song "Self Esteem" by Offspring. <laughs> how and, many marriages the movie are Giant there? with the James Dean and Rock Hudson? <laughs> How many, how many solid 25 year marriages are there with two, three, four kids where there was a breakup at some point oh my God, and yeah. you both went out, you both went out and slept with whoever, maybe you a went couple people for a couple years. Yeah. One, two, three, four, who cares? And then, Six, eight, then there whatever. was a high school reunion and he reconnected and, uh, and then things happen. It's okay. Happen. It, yeah. It's not a bad thing. So anyways, Look, I, have, I have one source that says Brian Kelly's meeting with Mike Elko on Sunday well, I guess we'll know. We'll know by Sunday night, probably from from the beat, if that's 
true or not, because somebody's going to yeah. find out. Yeah. Uh, but look, I, I know that. Uh, and also another name that the same source said that uh, we should be paying attention to that he believes uh, another name might be looking at is Mississippi State's defensive coordinator. Um, I can't think of his name for the life of me right now. Zach Arnett. Oh, yeah, Zach Arnett. Who runs Zach Arnett? Runs a runs a five three five as well. Yeah. Is he related yeah, he to three three five? Is he related to Will? Like Marcus Freeze. Uh He may be. He may be. But he runs the same kind of defense as what Marcus Freeman runs on Cincinnati, who's another name yeah. that people won't. I don't think Notre Dame is getting Marcus Freeman. I don't think that's. It's a two-year rental. I don't, I don't know happening. if you want to get into that, bad. Yeah, it's just I don't the guy who wants happening. a grad transfer quarterback. <laughs> hey, but that's <laughs> different. But the, the Mike, the Mike situation. I guess before I started really considering Elko at all, my my the wheel I mean my strongest pick, both what I thought was going to happen and what I'd like to see happen, was Elston getting the job with Nicholas Lazinski moving in as linebackers coach. Right. Now, if if Elko really is a real, yeah, how could you not want that back? Yeah, I definitely want my Elko back. Right. Uh, So. We're going to find out our neck guy well, over the next so couple Zach Arnett's we'll 34. He's 34 years. So just to, to give you, he's 34 years old. This mm. was his first season kind of quote unquote in the bigs. Uh, before that he basically was at San Diego state. His whole career was that he was G eight San Diego state linebackers coach at San Diego state. And then in 2018, 2019, he was the DC of San Diego state before, Mike Leach brought him up, up 35, 14. It yeah. is officially so, the fucking route. Oh man. Uh, let me tell you about the state I live in tonight. Uh, Cause of all the shit Dabo, Dabo talked about. Yeah. Oh my Oof. God. I'm counting Trevor Lawrence. I will put Buckeye half. fans up against any sec school fan. As far as pure, bravado of shit. Do you think they'll let Fields sit the second half uh, it, until the Clemson tries to escape back into this game or what? <laughs> you want to tell me Brent I mean, Venables, they're up three scores now. Uh, Brent Venables and Trevor Lawrence aren't going to orchestrate. This is going to be hilarious to the people who listen to this pod with me starting off running my mouth about how it'll be 35, nothing at the half. And it's 35, 14, I, but I picked the wrong team. Oh, I'm just thinking about having to get a bunch of tweets out to, to bury the, the tweets I had talking shit about Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Mistakes <laughs> were made. My oh, bad. Still, were still made. half of football. You know, it could be 42 35. You know what? That's Ricky T, T got a hold of me this week, you know, obviously, because they wanted, they wanted to come up with ideas for a shirt of Notre Dame one tonight. And <laughs> I said, look, I got, I got, nothing, I got nothing for you. I'll get, I'll get back with you. Uh, but I think we could just go ahead and make a shirt anyways and just say mistakes were made. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I guess that's perfect. I, I'd fucking buy that. I'd wear that with pride. Notre, you know, Notre Dame football 2020. I, mistakes I can't made. I can't wait for the the uh, thousand two thousand word column by Pat Forty about how gritty Justin Fields is overcoming racist epithets and, and bruised ribs to uh, to find his team into the national championship. Well, his team in the national championship. Tonight, he deserves that. I'll tell you what. Fields would deserve that gritty uh, 
column tonight because he literally is getting the shit kicked out of him by some dirty hits. Although Skalski's was not a tar, that's a bullshit call, but he still took a fucking shot. Yeah. But anyways, so let's wrap this thing up because I mean, there's we we could talk in circles about the future, and we got all sorts of off season airtime uh, to dive into everything. Yeah, I want to get the I want to get the book club going again. I, I mentioned this, I think, off air, but yes. um, yeah, no, you mentioned got... it on the pod last week. Oh, did I? Okay, cool. I want to get the book there, club going. There might be a surprise pod. Someone finishing up. A oh book yeah, that. Uh, just we'll just wrap it pod, up. I, yeah, surprise. It'll, um, it'll just show up. It'll show up one day. Um, do I know so what's a surprise pod? No, I just, yeah, it's just going to be just gonna show uh, up. It's going to be finishing the whole book real quick. The surprise pod was going to be uh, the pod. the Dungeons and Dragons game based on the 2009 Notre Dame football season. Oh my God! Hey, oh, um, Brendan, quick, we are going to do yeah. pods about former recruiting classes. That nothing intrigues me more than going back uh, like eight years and just trashing and celebrating. Uh, each class on its own individual recruits merit. Hey, I, I apologize for the guy that tweeted at us and I forgot who it was, but somebody brought up the fact that you can get a cameo of Jimmy Clausen for like 40 bucks. And I looked bucks, it up. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently it's 60, but I am, I, I, I would go splissies to have Jimmy Clausen <laughs> talk about I'm the, so glad the got, turf. I'm so glad that was Michigan state. <laughs> What's that? I, see, I, Jimmy, I thought someone like, for, I want to, I want, I want you to talk about how awesome you were that you went down in that game and you gritted it out. Michigan state, 2009. I literally want to just I talk want about to hear game about the Purdue two game, 2009. Yeah. How you had like one good foot and they were like, let's run golden Tate out of the, out of the, the <laughs> leopard cat. Daniels had a big, Oh no, that wasn't, that wasn't 2009 though. I was thinking of uh, Purdue. Was that 2011? Tavares Daniels. Yeah. Teddy fresh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome Canadian football player. So let's go around uh, the table here and uh, wrap it up. Jude, what do you got left in the tank? Well, it's 2021, which means that we've we've put we've put 2020 to bed, although I, I don't know what how much of 2020 is going to carry over. Certainly, we didn't we were hoping that Notre Dame losing was going to carry over in 2021. But, you know, it's proved itself. But I just wanted to say that um despite my wife coming down and giving me the worried look tonight because she knew that I was fighting with my friends. Um, they are still my friends and I, there's no one I would rather scream about Notre Dame with, um, than these two bastards, beautiful bastards. And of course, Greg as our fourth, fourth wheel. Is that right? Is it, it should be third wheel, but he's like kind of, he's the fourth member of the triumvirate. If that, if that makes any sense. So I just want to say, I look forward to 2021. I look forward to writing more, uh, being less busy at work. Um, I'm hoping that elections calm down a little bit because it's not a presidential year and uh, I can get back to some of the things I love doing, which is like NFL draft stuff and combine stuff. I always look forward to that a lot. And um, I just look forward to sharing um, my stupid ass thoughts on, on the pod with all of you guys. And I'm super glad that you all listen and that you um, you talk about things that you heard on the pod. And even if you disagree with me, I had a guy tonight talk to me about how I'm unfairly comparing Brady Quinn to, to Ian book. And I'm, I'm giving it some serious thought about what he's saying. And, and, um, I'm trying to think of a, of a way to maybe put his perspective into that story that I'm going to end up writing. So, um, I know I just rambled, but 
uh, you know, I had four shots of limoncello tonight. So, you know, there it is. Hey, at least it wasn't like seven or eight, right? <laughs> I'm so thankful it wasn't seven or eight. <laughs> Brendan, how do you want to go out? Um, I mean, I just, uh, I'm going to go out knowing that this off season, I have to figure out some way that I'm going to eat a hat. Because <laughs> uh, uh, even though, even though Tyree got his nine touches tonight, which was, uh, his season, the highest he's had, uh, I don't know, seemingly for like six months. Right. Um, cause they've forgotten him on the bench. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to figure out somehow this season how to eat a hat. Uh, I don't know, man. This this season was incredibly fun. And yeah. I'm really glad that Notre Dame played football this season, and I'm glad that they played Notre Dame football this season. I read an article in the New York Times on the 30th, I think, where they talked about, like, was college football worth it this season? How, yes, college football was worth it this season. This was an absolute joy and a pleasure to watch. It was a um, necessary, I would say that this was a necessary thing for me and my mental health to, to have this sort of outlet and to watch my favorite football team win 10 weekends out of 12, which, you know, that's 10, in a row, 10 out of 12 ain't bad. <laughs> um, you lost Meat, the Clemson would take in, it. in Alabama. Yeah, uh, you lost to Clemson and Alabama. There are worse teams to lose to, and I've seen Notre Dame lose two worse teams than that. Um, so I feel incredibly blessed to be here on the podcast with uh, you two guys. Um, it's the highlight of my week, uh, chatting with you. And I mean, obviously, biweekly. Uh, we're obviously going to do all kinds of ridiculous, crazy things this off season, which I can't wait for. Um, we have a pretty high bar, uh, to, to cross, uh, because last, uh, last summer, um, spring summer was ridiculous. Uh, how we got a podcast out every week, uh, was fantastic and awesome. And I can't wait to see what we do, uh, in 2021. (laughs) All right. Well, I need to take a deep breath here because, uh, I, I was planning on, I was planning on doing it and then I was, then I planned on not doing it at all um, and just letting it go by. But I do have a lot of people to thank real quick. Um, And most of all, I like to thank the staff on one foot down and that especially extends out to Jude who has maybe written three articles since (laughs) August, Sorry, (laughs) but, but, but is still one of the most important people on the site for me, because he's always a sounding board. I know we're like half this podcast is going to be unlistenable to, cause we were just sniping at each other, but it's that <laughs> kind of opposite. It's that kind of opposite thinking that I need to make the decisions, um, that affect, you know, what happens on the site. So I really appreciate him. Brendan has been an absolute breath of fresh air on the site ever since he came on last fall. And being able to talk to these guys again every week or twice a week uh, is just absolutely fun. Uh, and my wife's jealous, uh, just to let you know. Uh, apparently, I talk to you guys more than her sometimes. Uh, also, so going down the list here, um, you know, Pat Sullivan, who does just an amazing job with the with the opponent Q&As uh, yeah. every game. Uh, it's going to be there for basketball season. I mean, he really brings – so much to the site as with 
with this particular brand of humor. Uh, and, you know, being an alum, I, again, I love the fact that the site is is a nice blend of alums and Subway alums. It really makes it um, makes it more representative of what Notre Dame is uh, overall. Um, Matt Boomer, who is an exquisite writer, um, and, and football is just a, like football writing is more like a hobby to him. Uh, I really appreciate what he brings to the site. Uh, the stats guys, uh, Jack and Con- and Co- I always want to say Connor. Yeah, Cooper. But it's Cooper. I want to call him Connor all the time. Uh, it's Jack and Cooper. Um, look, they uh, they obviously bring a lot of math, which I don't quite understand, but that's okay because other people do, and it's it's something that uh, I think a lot of over this course of the season it's become more and more popular on the site, and now damn near expected. So. Uh, so hopefully we get more of that this year. It's it's definitely a different take, a different look on the Notre Dame football program and what's going on out in the field. Uh, Lauren Dang- uh, Dangle uh, also doing hockey. She was co- she was doing the uh, press conferences for Kelly on Thursdays. Billy Gorman covering hockey for us uh, and just helping out here and there. He, he does a great job of hey, this just came up. A lot of times Billy's the one that that says hey, I can get that for you. So so appreciated. Uh, Lino Garcia, another of our hockey guys in the previews. We're going to need hockey this this winter because um, I think basketball might be tanking. Um, <laughs> not just not just on the court, but maybe the whole sport uh, is going to have to refigure out what they're doing. Uh, Matt Green, uh, who is just a, a dude, that guy is a, a joy, like just a bundle of like happiness. I, I love his attitude. Uh, and we're going to get much more of that this year. Lisa Kelly every week. Uh, gets her assignment in on time. She is the only one that is absolutely on time every week. Just letting you guys know, she's <laughs> uh, does a great job with our, our past history. And you know, there's a lot of that good stuff in there. Please make sure you knows it. Um, and then Connor does a great job with some editorials. Um, usually on Sunday or at the latest, maybe on Mondays. Appreciate everything that these people do. Oh, Philip. God, I, yeah, I'm, I, I'm just <laughs> Philip. Who listen? I wasn't gonna. I, was, I wasn't gonna let you. No, no, no. <laughs> well, what was funny is I was just thinking about him today. Uh, we were tweeting back and forth. I was just thinking like how shitty that was because normally on a normal season, uh, when we're credentialed up in the box, or just or, or last year we were able to get both of us up there. Yeah. How much fun that was to have Philip, Philip up there because look, yeah. Number one, the guy's got a great sense of humor about. Notre Dame and football in general, but he's also a really bright guy with X's and O's, you know, played at Holy Cross. Hey, his Lazinski was his coach. Okay. So the, the guy knows what he's know what he's talking about, but it's more than that. He's just, he's got a really great look out. Yeah. Enjoy, look on enjoyed it. the takes this year. I love sneaking his dad up to the press box. That was fun. <laughs> his, his dad, his dad was a, is a wholesome track records at Notre Dame. Uh, very tall person, very tall person, run some hurdles. Uh, no, I was, I was going to forgive, I wasn't going to forgive Philip. Uh, but I appreciate all of that uh, from everybody. This is a joy. Let's, let's keep this thing going. Um, regardless of SB nation wants to put anything up on their main site about possible <laughs> still exists for us. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't fucking understand it for the life of me. Um, I also want to thank all of the, all of you listeners who, and, I'm not reading any reviews tonight. So if there are any over there, I haven't checked. We'll get to that to the next pod, but I want to thank all of you guys for becoming such a big part of what the show is. 
Because what you do with those reviews are, is you, you, we make you a part of the show. And that is, that's a big thing. That's a big deal for us to know that not only are people listening to three hour podcasts, but they appreciate, uh, appreciate them. So Ed, you're evolving yourself. You're becoming part of the show, part of our lexicon, part of our, our the mythology that we're spinning here. And trust me, Brennan and I are probably going to get into some heavy Dungeons and Dragons shit uh, this offseason. But there ain't football, so th- this might get weird and wild. And I, I know that you guys are going to appreciate it. Um, hey, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I texted okay. Clearwall the other day and asked him for like a uh, officiating judgment call because it's just like. I had his number and I was like, I don't know where to put this except to text him. And he texted right back. And I was like, I was like, thank you. And he said, oh, anytime you have a question or whatever, just feel free to hit me up. And I go, you're going to come to regret that because <laughs> we'll hit you up. Trey a lot. has no problem telling you how right an official is. <laughs> I just, I just, I was like, I, I was, I just thought it was extremely cool that a guy who comments on our site, who stupidly gave me his phone number probably well beginning of march i think um can reach out i can reach out to him in in december and ask him a question and he just like pops right back so i i appreciate all of our com the commentary and the people that hit us up on twitter so i didn't i didn't mean to interrupt i just thought that was cool yeah it's a fun group i mean honestly you got wackos you got (laughs) know-it-alls you do funny guys i mean no it's it's it it really is a an interesting group and i like you know me. I let things cut loose. I really don't care. I haven't even looked at the game thread. Oh, I guess I, I, I've been in and out of that, just making sure it hadn't got too bad. But, you know, got, letting, got, letting people do their thing, it's it's my whole way of life when it comes to running the site and this podcast is – this is just – it's just people, man. Just don't be a total asshole and let's get along with it. Um, so with all those – again, thank you to everybody out there. We appreciate it all. Um, and I will end saying this. Notre Dame won 10 games. I just, I can't stress enough how important that is and how great that has been over these last four years. It's been, it's been incredible. Uh, It is so much more than what we were getting. And yes, they have not, they have not got to the mountaintop and slammed the flag to the top of it. And it is frustrating and I get it, but if I'm I'm 42 years old, and if I can if I can be at all content or happy with what they're doing, there's a lot of you out there that should. This is not the same era of college football. I don't need to get into all that. I'm just saying when you're winning a lot and you're going to the college football playoff, yes, it sucks that you lost, but it's still not a bad thing. It's a good thing. You should enjoy it and you should appreciate it more than what you do. Some of you, I mean, there's people out there that do appreciate it. You should appreciate what's going on here because it could be a lot fucking worse. It could be way worse. I don't need to remind you about 2016. I don't remind you about 2007, eight, and nine. It's just, it's not a, it's not a fun time it, at all. We're here. At least we, you know, we went one, 10 games straight, beat the number one team in the country. And you end up in the college football playoff, even with a season loss. It's fine. It's, I mean, it's, it's not what we all want, but it is way more than what we were getting. So let's be happy. Let's, let's take our conversation into uh, what can, you know, what's going to happen now kind of mode rather than 
constantly bitching about what didn't happen. Um, Cause you know, it's, I think as we said tonight, we all kind of know what's, what it is. It's just, can, can they get, can they do it? I don't know. Well, we're going to find out. We're going to watch and see. I'm really excited about this recruiting class they got, even though I know those Kelly doesn't play freshman, right? So, <laughs> so <what's, laughs> unless they're tight ends. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see any freshmen out there. Um, and so that, I mean, that's, that's really it. So, and again, this isn't, we're not signing off for very long. I mean, this has been a weekly pod since Jude and I, uh, you know, took over in January of 19 or whatever it was, or February of 19. Uh, we're going to be here every week discussing Notre Dame football, discussing Dad Vikings life. and fucking, oh, man, all sorts of shit. I watched, listen, I watched Tolkien last night and I'm going to change the entire way I am a father just based off that one movie. So be prepared for that. I'm very, start I'm very impressed. Children fantasy novels no i'm no i i think we have a problem in this house of being too modern and we're about to take it back uh, about six or seven decades uh for at least at least a little longer a period of time than what we do if that makes sense. anyways i'm just saying i'm i'm willing to go, to do whatever it takes i'm impressionable but that also means that I'm able to, to to go with the flow and we can talk about all sorts of shit. So I'm rambling now because I started drinking <laughs> at half time. Look, hey, my, my wife maybe brownies. <laughs> Listen, my wife maybe brownies to cheer me up. Because I I think she thought I was gonna be really like pissed or upset about today. And I was actually fine. But she handed me the brownie and I swear to God, I thought it was a piece of pizza. Was it a sad piece of Papa John's like, pizza? It was a red velvet. It was a red velvet brownie, cream cheese thing. But it looked like a square piece of pizza, with some cheese and like some cut pepperoni or something like that. But it was delicious, absolutely delicious. So, not sure what that has to do with anything, but I'm happy. Why I've been drinking and I had a brownie. <laughs> <sighs> All right, I can't wait to watch the second half of this All game. Right. Big, big Clemson comeback. Be sure hit me up on Twitter when it happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm already like plot, plotting my uh, my tweet burial of the Ohio State <laughs> trashing. So that's it, man. We'll we'll, we'll see you guys soon. Uh, please again get those ratings and reviews in over at Apple Podcasts. All the reviews left will get read on the OFT podcast. Uh, if you haven't done it yet, what's stopping you, man? Get uh, there's plenty of you out there listening. Um, plenty of you guys are using Apple Podcasts. Just leave it. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Become a part of the show. Tell me I'm stupid. Tell me I'm great. Oh, I don't care. Ooh, excuse me. I, I take criticism better than Brian Kelly, uh, but, uh, you know, I don't have the local media writing about me either. So that's it. Once again, Notre Dame loses the Rose Bowl. 31 to 14. I got the score that right that time. 31 14. Uh, and they have made exactly half of the appearances in the Rose Bowl that Bo Buckler had at Michigan. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. <laughs>